everyone, this is David Caldwell. Today we're sitting down with my friend Mark Hernandez out of the Compass office in Beverly Hills to discuss building rapport with listing agents and his process in getting 95% of his buyer's offers accepted. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Mark Hernandez and I lead a team, uh, the Mark Hernandez Group at Compass in Beverly Hills. I've been in real estate for five years. I've been a Tom Ferry coaching client for five years. Prior to that, I ran a national digital ad sales team for Fox Networks Group and American Idol. Uh, before digital advertising, I managed writers and directors in the motion picture industry. And my very first career was brokering and managing high-rise office building space and uh, luxury retail centers. Um, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And uh, how long have we known each other now? Are we like three I, years? Is that I, where we're at now? I think we're, about, I think we're about three years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, really, and I've been really excited and excited to have a conversation like this with you so you can share because you're such a good leader. You have such like a good business sense. And then in this time, you've just kind of grown like a rocket. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting. So use it as an example sometimes where, and this will, this isn't a great segue into what we're going to talk about, but I just think this was a cool thing I wanted to hit is on our coaching calls, we spend a lot of time looking at your pipeline. Yes. And as soon as we started really looking at your pipeline, your business has, I mean, you're in, it's midway through 2021 and you've already beat 2020 and your pipeline is just growing and growing and growing and growing and close sales is growing. And now I guess this is a good segue into what we're going to talk about today because you market yourself and promote yourself as a buyer's agent, as a buyer's representative. And um, we're going to talk about how to win multiple offer situations. And we're in this crazy marketplace right now where, you know, my team, we're winning like one in seven and you're winning nine and 10. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that because my team has something to learn from you clearly. And I'm sure other people listening to this have something to learn. So I know today we're going to cover kind of five things that you do in particular to have this type of success for your clients. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. First of all, it's great to be here. Uh, it's always great to be on a Zoom call with you, Dave. Um, you have done so many great things. Uh, and, Tom, and Tom Ferry and Tom Ferry Coaching have done so many great things for my business. Um, you know, I've literally, and, and with Tom Ferry Coaching and by coming to Compass, I've literally doubled to almost tripled my business. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be tripled very soon. So um, I couldn't, you know, it takes a village as they say, and I couldn't have done it without you, without Tom, without the whole Tom Ferry um, landscape, what do they call it? Ecosystem. 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 Okay, great. Something echo. Anyway, um, it's, it's, it's been great. So thank you all for, you know, everything you've done to help me grow my business. Well, you're welcome. Um, I love you. I, I'm glad I get to be in your corner. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, so yeah, I think, I think there's five main things that I do every time I, go up against a multiple offer. And, and, and here at Compass, the Mark Hernandez group at Compass, 
um, we are, we've been fortunate to maintain a 95% win percentage rate on beating multiple offers. Um, we've beaten five way multiples. We've beaten 10 way multiples. We've done, we've beaten 15 and even my highest was a 24 way multiple offer. Uh, we've beaten multiple offers where we only, this can happen once, but it happened where we only had 5% down and we beat an all cash offer. We beat multiple offers where there were eight offers in, in hand and we were $26,000 under the highest bid and we still beat the multiple offer. So, you know, people always tell, um, people always say in the business that, you know, they sell real estate, right? They sell houses. Uh, but at the end of the day, when it comes to representing a buyer, you sell, a bu you sell buyers. You basically sell buyers to the seller and you sell buyers to the listing agent. So yes, there's, there's five basic things that I do. And I've, I've found that I've done over time and I've honed in on those skills and uh, yeah, I'd be happy to share, share those with you. So the first thing that comes to mind is I create massive report with the listing rapport, <laughs> report, rapport French with the, uh, with the listing agent. I mean, you have to get to know this person very quickly, right? It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of like you have to know everything about them. You have to check them out on social media. You have to go to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. You've got to get a sense of who you're working with. And then you've got to find out how do I engage with that person, right? So for me, it's, 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 a, it's building a high touch relationship. So I've emailed I've texted, I've, I've placed phone calls, and I find ways to create a dialogue with that person in, an, in a non-obnoxious way, of course, right? I mean, you don't want to- yeah, You don't want to be needy. You don't want to, you don't what? You don't want to be needy. You don't want to be needy, but you have to have a balance of social, uh, you know, like uh, what you say to them, whether you're, you know, just being a nice person, a nice human being and, and checking in with them, versus maybe asking them a, a, a question or two via text, um, you know, and, and utilizing all of the modes of communication to get to know that person. Um, I think you have to really be friendly. You have to be authentic. You have to be a little playful. You know, uh, you know if, if, if I fill it with you a little bit, I'll send you an emoji or, or, or a GIF. Is it GIF or GIF? I never know the difference. But anyway, G-I-F. And, um, and and, and you got to let them see who you really are. I think a lot of, a lot of agents can be beige, right? They're just very, you know, up, you know, suit and tie and, yeah. and, uh, and just very too professional. I always think of the movie, Aaron Brockovich. And, you know, there's this one great scene where there's this attorney, she's got her hair up and the glasses and she's really kind of uptight. Right. And she's not connecting with the people at all. And in comes, Aaron and she's chewing gum and she kind of stumbles into the room and whatnot. And people go, this is a real person that has flaws. I think you have to be able to let people see, you know, your true authentic self. Uh, and then lastly on that, I think you have to tell people right from the start what your, what your objective is. I think you have to let them know that you're a collaborative agent. We're both working towards the same mission, the same objective, the same goal and that you know you want to work with the agent to get the deal done and not against them to get the deal done yeah I agree you know that's something that I use a lot in my negotiation as I always tell the other agent that 
I am always searching for the win-win and our clients don't have to agree on everything and we don't have to agree on everything, but it's our job to move this forward towards that common objection of getting it close for our clients. Now with this, with this rapport that you're building, I imagine sometimes your first offer maybe isn't the best. Maybe the terms need to be finagled to meet the objective of the seller. So have you seen this rapport that you've been building? I'm sure that comes back to you with, hey, Mark, I need you to get here. Hey, Mark, I need you to change this. Does that happen commonly for you? It happens. I don't think it happens commonly. I think, you know, we, we really work closely with the, the buyer to strategize um, what our best foot forward is going to be. And I think we also do that in tandem with trying to get as much information, uh, you know, collect as much information from the listing agent that they'll, that they're willing to share. Sure. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it has happened, but it, not, not too frequently. Well, even it's, it's and, and you hit it a little bit, even with just getting that extra information while you're building a rapport so you can structure the right offer. Because what I was kind of getting to as someone who works primarily with sellers is so often I don't talk to the agent that's making an offer. If they ask me a question, the only question might be, do we have multiple offers or would this price be competitive? And it's kind of this uh, blind auction process is the way that they're going about it versus mm -hmm. actually trying to build rapport to extract information so you can make the most solid offer. So you're saying, hey, you know, people aren't really coming back to me telling me to do these things, but I am asking them these questions, which allows me, which allows me to uh, form the best offer that gets me that, that higher percentage to get my offer accepted. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I am. Um... I think, I think a lot of agents also ask only the basic questions like, you know, what, 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 what is it going to take? You know, what kind of price are you looking at? Just kind of the really top level things. And I think if you could go a level deeper and say, you know, what's kind of think of it as a job interview, like what's important to you as a listing agent working with someone like myself? Can you tell me what that looks like? And that opens up a whole new dialogue that is also a differentiator between you and the other agents. You know, I, I've listed properties too. 95% um, of our business is with buyers, but we list properties and we sell properties and we get really good, you know, prices and terms for our clients. Um, but one of the last listings I, I, I had, um, it really amazed me how many people didn't communicate with me at all. You know, there was, a, I, I, it's almost cliche. It was almost cliche, some of the submission letters. <clears throat> Attached, please find my buyer's offer. Please let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Never got a call, never got a text, never got an emoji, uh, never got anything from the, and it's like, and I'm going to spend 30 days or, or thereabouts in escrow with this person that I know nothing about. And we know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, inferior agents out there. I mean, what is it? 87% of agents fail in the first five years. Exactly. So, uh, you know, why would I want to work with one of the 87%? I'd rather work with, with the remaining 13, right? So, and, and, and those people are going to definitely be communicative. Yeah. So, so first things building rapport, what's number two? Number two is what I call completing your application, right? And it, and it, <clears throat> it builds on the weakness of that, 
agent that says, attach, please find my buyer's offer, right? I look at my submission email as if I'm applying to college, right? I'm applying to, imagine I'm applying to Harvard. What would that look like? Would that be three lines or would that be a short story? You know, it's gonna be more of the short story. So I usually write three very chunky paragraphs and I show the agent that I'm willing to put the time into writing this out and customizing this communication for them, right? So the first paragraph is about the client. Right? I tell them who the clients are and why I feel that you know, they're right for the home and how they love the home and what they've done with the home and, uh, and all of that jazz. The second is, I'm, so I'm selling the buyer. Second, I'm selling the lender. So I, you know, I've worked with Jane Doe at so-and-so mortgage company and we've done a number of transactions together. She's very quick, nimble, communicative. You know, she'll keep you posted all along the way. We've, we've never had you know, a, a loan not close, yada, yada, yada. And then lastly, I sell myself. I'm very collaborative. I, I look forward to working with you and building a long-term relationship with you. I'm 24 seven. If you need something at seven in the morning or 11 at night, give me a call, I'm there for you. And so um, that's how I do it. You know, I, 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 I write that up and I get that out. So I, I've, I've done bomb bomb videos before. Uh, you know, where I felt that that was needed. It's so important to communicate and to build a relationship with the, um, with the listing agent. A little side story here. One time I had, um, I was representing a buyer. They were looking in Eagle Rock and the listing agent um, was, happened to be Asian and, and did not speak English very well. And I knew it might be difficult and I might just be another, you know, another buyer's agent coming in and trying to, 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 to make a deal. So I was here in Beverly Hills. His office was in Arcadia, about 45 minutes away. And I called him up and had a very, you know, very quick, brief conversation. I said, listen, I'd love to come out and meet you in person. And he was like, what? And I said, I know I'd love to come out and, and meet you, have a cup of coffee. I'll come to your office. We'll have a cup of coffee in your conference room. He's all, uh, okay. So I did. I drove all the way out there. I got to know him a little bit more. We were laughing, telling jokes, the whole thing. And, you know, end of the story is we, we beat a multiple offer out on that. And uh, it made a difference. Yeah, you're, you're like these first two steps, you're humanizing the transaction. Absolutely. Right. In a, in a world where we go on our phone and we press a button and something gets delivered to our door and we all want this human interaction. But these first two steps, you're humanizing the transaction. You're selling you, you're building a relationship, you're selling your client. And there's this big debate over, should we be able to send love letters on houses anymore? And our take in our office is we're better at selling our clients than they are at selling themselves, right? Like let yeah. us be the sales person. But yeah, it's, it's amazing because it's just this, it's not a surprise to me hearing this, knowing who you are, but it's, you know, build rapport, humanize the transaction. It's, it's, Excellent. What's I mean, nowadays with all with 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 the, the talk of disruption and online tools and whatnot, right? It's like offers can can be, and I guess in some instances are being generated with a push of a button, right? Yeah. So it's like you have to you have to show the listing agent, like you said, the human element, the human connection, and that you're going to you know work closely together in in tandem to get this done. Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about this 
about the digital, like the transaction is becoming more digital and relationships are being taken out. And that happened to another, um, another industry that's similar to ours, which is financial advising. So all these financial advisors went by the wayside, but there's still hundreds of thousands of successful financial advisors. And they have one staple thing in common is those annual meetings, those face-to-faces they have with their clients. And every time someone talks about their financial advisor, they kind of puff up, right? But when people talk about the average real estate agent, they kind of think of us like a dirty car salesman. I know people don't, don't think about you that way, right? Because you are high touch and personal, but it's that differentiator between the 13% or the 87 who fail out. So how about after you complete your application to college, what's number three? I think you, I, I think you have a call with the, the listing agent and you basically, what I call interview for the job, right? You ask some of the questions that are non-deal related. It's like, what's important to you working with an agent, uh, you know, with, with a buyer's, buyer's agent, buyer's representative, get to know them a little bit. How long have you been in the business? What, you know, what brokerages were you with before Hillshire, Dave? And, oh, I know so-and-so over there. And, you know, look up in LinkedIn, see who you have common connections with and, you know, drop a name here, here or there. Uh, I always look to find mutual references. I'll go onto Facebook and I'll see if there's any mutual. I'll go onto Instagram. I'll see if there's mutual. I'll go onto LinkedIn, see if there's any mutual contacts. And then I'll even, you know, ask one of my friends to, you know, text or call or put in a good word for me, especially if that person doesn't know me. Yeah. Right. So you've got to work all angles to try to, you know, get the job, so to speak. And then lastly, on that point is just letting the agent know, uh, again, repeating, you know, that you're collaborative, you're professional, you're personal, you want to get the uh, job done and you're on the same, you know, you've got the same goal in mind. So I think that's, that's important too. interview for the job. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's like, it's more rapport. It's searching for those mutual connections, people that we know, like, and trust to help us sell. It's, it's awesome. What about number four? Um, number four is put your terms where your mouth is. You know, everybody is, thinks it's always about money, the highest price. Um, put, put your terms where your mouth, especially in this market. I mean, it's just, it's just bananas, right? It's like things, 20 offers and hundred, $200,000 over ask. And, uh, you know, sellers are looking for price, but here's a good example. I recently didn't win one. Uh, I, I represented an all cash offer, one of two all cash offers on, I think there were 10. Uh, we were, I was getting, getting some very good feedback and guidance from the, the listing agent and we did not win it. We did a 12 day close, all cash, um, seven day inspection. And at the last minute, an all cash offer came in probably hundred thousand dollars under our our price but they were able to close in two days no inspections yeah terms yeah right mm -hmm. so at the end of the day i think what we do when it comes to submitting these offers and selling these offers at you know on the buyer side is we need to sell speed and certainty right the listing agent last thing they want to do oh great i got a great price and they're canceling, right? Or I got a great price and now they're asking for $25,000 credit or price reduction. So um, 
I, I think it's about writing really tight terms. It's, it's, it's short, go short, on all, as short as you possibly can and work closely and cautiously with your lender to have the, you know, the shortest contingency uh, periods possible. Um, I, you know, lately we've been writing offers where, where the buyer is fine with writing it on a completely as is basis, you know, no, no request for repair or credit. You know, we still give them the out if it doesn't make sense and they find out, you know, there's a sinkhole underneath the house, yeah. uh, right? They can back out. But I mean, we're trying to show the listing agent that we're not going to get them in escrow and then kind of, you know, bait you switch it and like switch things around. And uh, where did where did this request come from, right? Um, you know, we're always asking our 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 lenders to do rush appraisals so that we can get that information back as quickly as possible. I mean, I, I think a lot of people do that, but if you get the appraisal before the inspection mm -hmm. period, you know, contingency period is up, you know, you've got, you've got a one up there. Um, lately, we've been increasing our earnest money deposits, uh, you know, from the, from the 3% to 10%, um, showing a little bit more skin in the game there. You know, everybody, everybody typically, Every, everyone typically writes into the contract that the seller pays for the home warranty. It's peanuts, right? It's 600, 800, whatever it is. So we, what we're doing is we're, we're adding another differentiator. Buyer will pay for that. They're like, oh, these guys are willing to pay for that. You know, we're just everywhere where we can do something a little different that's slightly in the listing, in the seller's favor that doesn't really affect us, right? We do that. Um, so I think those are, those are some of the, some of the things that we come at. Any questions on that? No, what, I, what I hear is that you're just creating certainty, you know, and I went back to thinking about like the real estate transaction becoming more digital when people are selling to an eye buyer, I don't think they're seeking, not putting their house on the market and no showings. I think what they're seeking is certainty. Yeah. No, I'm going to get this price. I'll leave money on the table for it. And you're just structuring an offer that actually gives your party more certainty as well. It gives the whole transaction more certainty. You know, you're not putting your client at a, a disadvantage. You're still allowing them to do due diligence. We're just doing it faster. I mean, it's, right. you're just, you're creating more certainty. So I think that's, that's excellent. And you and, know, back to all the rapport building, you're seeking out terms that the seller wants and you're writing it on the first, the first try. That's right. That's right. And I, I, I really think it's important. The times where we haven't been as successful on multiple offers is when a buyer wants to work with the lender that was referred to them and that they're out kind of out of the market, outside of our geographic market. Obviously, the buyer can work with whoever they want. You know, we, we have our preferred list of mortgage brokers. We have contacts at all the big financial institutions, Chase, Citibank, Bank of America. Um, we would never just say, oh, you've got to work with this lender. We give them options. But where it doesn't help is when someone's, you know, outside the market area, they're not as uh, in tune with the, the intricacies of our market. They can't work as quickly, um, you know, as some, you know, I see so many people writing 30 day escrow periods, which is, there's another differentiator, never write one, unless, unless, the, unless the buyer's, you know, adamant on it, always write 28 and 
just to be that, oh, who are these guys, right? Yeah. Who, are the, who are these guys? What's two days, right? 28 is always my bare minimum. And if I'm working with a lender that we know and we know is, is quick and nimble, we'll write 24 or 21. We, I, I recently did a transaction with one of our mortgage broker partners that uh, was able to close a conventional loan, 20% down, million dollar deal, 16 days. Look, you're like you're you're like one percent better, two percent better in like a sea of sameness. That's correct. Right? You're That's just, correct. You're just you're making yourself a little bit of an outlier. That's without throwing your client under the bus and creating certainty. That's right. You don't want to be in the middle of the bell curve. You want to be you want to be long tail in you know, in a sense. Very smart. So what's how about the last step? So after you've created these beautiful terms, the offer submitted, you've built I, a massive rapport. I think the last step is keeping in touch and letting them know that you're interested, interested in working with them. You're eager. You want to check in for your client. You don't want to be, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, be obnoxious about it, but you know, it's, it's like interviewing for a job, right? If I interview with, for a job with you and I don't call you afterwards, I don't thank you. I don't send you, you know, I'll send a thank you card. I've sent thank you cards to, to listing agents. I've sent flowers to listing agents. Uh, you know, um, I, um, I, I think following up and showing that you're interested, you're eager, you're ready to go without being too much is, is very important. Yeah. I always think of it like, uh, either this situation, or if I'm trying to convert a prospect, it's like dating. If I call them too little, they're not going to remember me. If I call them too much, I'm needy. I have to show them I'm interested. The balance. I got to be there just enough. So I love that. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, follow you, send you referrals, tell us again, the greater marketplace that you work, because it's a large area that you cover and then how people will get in touch with you. So I'm based in Los Angeles. I'm in the Beverly Hills office of Compass. I've always been in the uh, Beverly Hills agent. Uh, I started with a company called Telus Properties uh, that was acquired by Douglas Elliman. I had uh, two very good runs at both of those companies and, and learned a lot from each of them. Uh, I then came to Compass. I'm still here uh, in Beverly Hills at the corner of Wilshire and Beverly. And, um, and that's, where I, that's where I work. Um, I live in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, and if you, uh, if you wanna know where I work primarily, I mean, I'm, I consider myself more of a regional, ex, a regional agent, you know, than, than hyper-local, just only a certain little small neighborhood. So, I mean, I've done transactions from, you know, Orange County to Santa Monica, to Pasadena, right? To South Bay, uh, um, even Palm Springs. Um, but I, if you want to know the sweet spot, I usually tell people it's the Sunset Strip from Silver Lake to Santa Monica. So, you know, that right along the Santa Monica Mountains, all the way out to the coast, both sides of the hill, uh, that's, that's, where I, that's where I do my, do my business primarily. And how about if they wanted to get in touch with you or follow you online? They get a hold of me. Um, I'm the Mark Hernandez on Instagram. I get a lot of, uh, lot of connection and contact there. Uh, my, my email is mark with a C dot Hernandez at compass.com. And feel free to give me a call anytime as well. My number is 310-993-8730. Excellent. And everyone make sure if you're listening to this to go follow Mark because he does have an 
excellent Instagram. And at some point we'll probably have to have him back to talk about that. So thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. It's, it's, it's going well. It's going very well. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for listening to Direction with David Caldwell. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the tips and tricks you can use to grow your real estate business. If you're keen to hear more ideas you can implement, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a comment and review. Head over to davidccaldwell.com to sign up to our email list, as well as find more information and resources on our show. Until next time.